Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. In this episode of the Soulful Sound Podcast, I am joined by the wonderful Brigitte Ron, who is a practicing clinical hypnotherapist based in Southwest London. She's passionate about helping people transform their lives, seeing them arriving in pieces and leaving in peace. Having had hypnotherapy herself years ago, she was impressed by the transformative power of the mind and its potential to change unhelpful thought patterns and behavior. As no two individuals are the same, she will work collaboratively on enabling clients to identify what is causing their concern, establish a desired outcome, and set individual goals to work towards that specific outcome. Brigitte helps her clients by enabling them to access their own inner resources and capabilities so they will be better equipped to manage their emotional and mental state and respond to challenges, feeling empowered, calm, and in control. In this conversation, Brigitte shares her journey of healing the body through natural juicing to healing the mind through hypnotherapy. She delves into a deeper understanding of the mind, the importance of changing internal dialogue to ignite changes in behavior, and our need for stillness in this busy world. Join us for this exciting conversation. I am so excited, really, really pleased to have this beautiful woman in front of me. Um, Brigitte Ron is a solution-based focused hypnotherapist who is passionate about helping people transform their lives. And I met you, Brigitte, actually in a singing context because I was leading a choir years ago where you came along and added your beautiful harmonies to it, um, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I still miss that. <laughs> oh, it was such a good time. I really enjoyed it. That really the community coming together and singing mm. was very much like a family, wasn't it? it we was. all really enjoyed each other's space and company. Yes. I, I so loved singing, singing with you all as well. So hooray. Yes. <laughs> so what I'd love to know a little bit about, and of course, I, I like to have uh, my listeners know about you. What is your story? Tell me a little bit about what you do, because when I met you back then, you were very much into juicing and the whole health side and really optimizing physical health with healthy, fresh juices. And so tell me about that and what you're doing now. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. It's oh, really yeah. exciting to be here, to see you again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, when I met you, I was very much a health coach and I was um, really like the local juice woman instead of Love a milkman. It. So <laughs> I was getting on my bike in the morning and uh, delivering juice, vegetable juices around the neighborhood. And um, it was a really interesting journey for me because juicing and healthy eating had meant, I mean, it was a big shift in my my life when I discovered mm. what sort of more of a plant-based diet could do for you, especially juicing. And um, I was so passionate about it that I, I sort of wondered what I could do to spread it. Yeah. And the only thing that came to mind was that I had to just go out and deliver it to give other people an opportunity to to see for themselves what that could do to your immune system, mm -hmm. um, your overall health. 
And so I started doing that um, and really um, blowing my own trumpet about it. I couldn't wait to, for everybody to get uh, into the juicing and healthy eating. But um, as much as I loved it and as much as I enjoyed writing about it, I noticed that there was um, almost like a resistance uh, in people uh, to change. Mm. Um, so the area where I live, there were a lot of people who had kids that were older and so they were on this next phase in their lives they were probably feeling a bit down emptiness syndrome mm. some of them were overweight uh they were catching a lot of colds and flus mm. and um and yet their lifestyles were such that I could see really clearly how they could change their lives by changing how they ate, how they how they communicated with other people there was a lot of negative dialogues going on and um so I used to get these people on a detox program. We used to go through several days on just juice. And I used to talk about positive thinking and positive interaction and how important that was on a, even on a cellular level. Yes. Um, yeah. It's because it affects us, it affects our nervous system. So thinking that then they'd be all bounced up and energetic and ready to go, they went back to the same old ways with the same people eating the same things, not exercising necessarily. And so that got me thinking about what it is in your mind that will choose to stay the same, even though you know, on a more of a conscious level, mm. that changing something in your life would benefit you. Yes. Um, so as life has it, when you need to hear something, it comes your way. I had lunch with a friend who was practicing or who was training to be a hypnotherapist and we talked about the brain, we talked about neuroplasticity, we talked about habit forming and trauma. Um, and um, I just thought I got to do this. That's okay. And initially, I thought it might be something that I just did to help my health business, it will be like a little add on. So I could use that. But as it happened, uh, now I'm in a practice where I see mainly people with anxiety and overwhelm and sense of, of insecurity and their place in the world. And so it's very much transformed uh, what I do day to day, although I'm still a health nut, but that's mm. not what I, what I do um, yeah. as, a, as a profession anymore. Yeah, and I think what I really, what's really interesting for me, because it's very much aligned with the way I think and approach things, and I talk a lot about this in my work, is that inside-out approach. Yeah. And I think that it's so important, as you say, to have the healthy physicality and really feed our body and nourish ourselves with good and healthy and yeah. vibrant foods, um, and recognizing that there's the inner side and the inner work. Because as you said, you could recognize, okay, well, they got some healthy stuff in them, felt some of the benefits, but now what? How do mm. we either, you know maintain the new habit or how do they actually improve their overall lives yeah. not just the physical um which well i shouldn't say not just the physical because of course that does filter out in other areas when you're physically feeling better um but that inside out approach and i often talk about it as if it's a revolving door between the inner and outer worlds mm -hmm. you go in and you check in what's going on and then you express something out into the world then from the outside you put something healthy and feed yourself healthily and then it affects how you think and how you move. And we know that for performance and, and optimum performance, they're both equally 
you know, important and valued. Yes, because we are holistic beings, so yeah. it, it all matters. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think most of us who deal with this, we start from one end of it, mm. thinking that that end is the is all there is. And as you work more and more with it, you realize that it's all important. Yes, it's all that. It's like you say, it's an inside job, and and we've got to we got to have all the bases covered, really. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's a it's a journey, yeah. Before, if you'd asked me four years ago, I would have said, "Yeah, juice is the answer to everything. Have juice, you'll be fine. You're depressed, juice. Yes. Unhappy or anxious, juice. Well, you know, we do know how that can also imp- in, impact. Yes. Oh, so no, we will no, definitely it, not mi- minimalize it because no. I do know the power of that, which yeah. I love. Do you know much about celery juice? I've been doing using celery juice for the last couple yes. of months, and it's been amazing for me. Is that something for you that you've practiced yourself? Well, to be honest with you, I. I I read the the medical medium, medium. Yes. yeah, and so celery I juice, yes. yes, and so I've always had celery in all my juices. Mm. That's always been the, one of the mainstays, but I didn't actually know, and so I knew it was incredibly beneficial, but I didn't sure. know that how much uh, it could help. So yeah. I'm actually giving it to my daughter, That's uh, awesome. who's got little skin issues, mm. and uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, in, within a couple of weeks, yes. her skin cleared. cleared up. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my kids. It was very hard for them to take that to have the whole the whole glass. They did not like the taste. No, you have to make it a small, a small, a small amount. Yeah, but I definitely every day. That's I start my day um, with with celery juice, which I think is fascinating. So I mean, we can go on and on about yeah, the juicing, yeah, yeah. which 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 would be awesome. Um, so yes, hypnosis, hypnotherapy. I think what's really interesting. I mean, coming across clients over the years, um, I I'm not a trained hypnotherapist, but I do use hypnosis in my work, and I I remember. Um, Many people having this resistance around having hypnosis, it's almost like there, I mean, there are still a lot of myths out there about it, you know, like if it's stage hypnosis, you know, they'll lose their mind and bark like a dog or quack, you know, quack like a duck. And a lot of people have this it's this idea or thought that hypnotherapy or hypnosis is really about giving up your will yeah. and, you know, letting someone else take control of your mind, um, which I know not to be the case. And I'd love to know your thoughts on that, those myths around, you know, hypnotherapy, the, the resistance that some of your clients might come with about it and, and how you kind of dispel those myths a bit. Yeah. So I think that I think that is changing because I think hypnotherapy has become more mainstream, but there is still... Um, still an element of suspicion. And there's an element also that I encounter a lot, that they will do something the wrong way. So they will be hypnotized the wrong way and something will happen. Or (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of, it's just something mystical. So I think they do understand mainly that they will not stand on one leg and bark like a dog or something. But uh, so, I mean, stage hypnosis has been really detrimental to the hypnotherapy element of it. But um, I think it's still something that they are not sure of. And so a lot of them are very nervous when they arrive because they, they know that this, this is coming. Right. <laughs> this, this thing, whatever this you're thing going to do. Coming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's up there. So, so I always make a big point of talking about the fact that they probably go in and out of hypnosis all the, t- time. All the time, all mm. throughout the day. We all do when we're on the bus and we just 
no, don't know where we are all of a sudden and then we end up on the stop. And so it is a very natural thing and it has nothing to do with giving up control or, yes. or losing control. It's you are constantly aware. The only thing that may happen is that you fall asleep, yes. which is not a bad thing. No. Uh, Sleep so, is awesome. <laughs> <it's> awesome. <laughs> so I, the, what I'm finding is that once they've done it, and I tend to start with a very short one, so maybe 15 minutes, and then they realize it's really just laying down, relaxing, and then letting go. And I think it's that letting go uh, that is for some people quite frightening. Mm. Just letting, uh, and, and and it tells you also how rarely people do let go. I mean, the only yeah. time they sort of probably pass out is when they go to bed and maybe after a couple of glasses of wine. And so just that sense of in the middle of the day, letting go of everything mm. and just being in the here and now yes. is quite a big thing for people. But once they get in contact with that mm. sense of peace that comes with that, it's there's no going back. So, yeah. which is lovely. So I see this as a, as a one thing is that it's my job yes. and I love what I do. But on the other hand, I see it as a sort of, a, of awakening of trying softer trying less mm. less doing and more being um and and in the being that relaxation and letting go and just almost surrendering to yes. the moment is so powerful mm. so yeah so i see that as as a sort of a mission with everyone i meet is that to to really uh highlight that that yeah. how important it is for for ourselves and also we have such i mean the world is such a problem focused environment we focus on what's not working mm. what's the problem what, and if you ask someone what's not working in their lives they can they can tell you for hours in detail working. yeah but if you ask them what they would like or what good looks like or what happy looks like for them often there's not a narrative around that it's there's they haven't really thought about it that much. All mm. they know is they want to be happy or rich or uh, healthy. Yeah. More than that, there's not that, it's not much padding around that. Yeah. And so, I think, yeah, as you say, not much padding. It's interesting because obviously, and, and just to pull out something else that you mentioned mm. as well about the narrative, because we often tell ourselves stories about, you know, always, I would say, and, and, and sometimes positive, but not so positive and have these internal dialogues and patterns running through our minds about what life is, what life isn't. Um, and to think about something positive and think about wanting to be healthy, we know how important it is to give detailed and specific information to that unconscious part of our mind so that it supports the intention. So what is healthy? What is rich? What is happy? Exactly. What are those things? And, and visualizing them and really, I suppose, speaking them into being yeah. by acknowledging specifically what that is for you exactly. is, is really important. Um, and so the narrative part of it, which is really interesting, speak to me a little bit more about that, because obviously in hypnotherapy, you, you know, you do somewhat create a script going into what someone may wish to achieve or how they can get out of, you know, past behaviors and things like that. And when I say script, I don't mean that you create it literally, but you create it through words, the intention. Yeah. That you are then wanting them to, then, you know, implement positive changes in their lives. So I'm wanting to know a little bit more about the story side and the narrative and how you work in helping people to change, literally change their minds around things. Okay, so that is a really lovely part of the session. So it's not all about being in hypnosis. Yeah. So a lot of it is fact finding, is mm -hmm. finding out what 
good looks like? And that comes with a lot of questions because, sure. like I said, it's not necessarily uh, easy for people to know what they want. So happy for them is something they haven't spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, yeah. So we start to pull out things, perhaps past moments when they felt that they had done something well or they felt good, perhaps mm. with certain people. You know, what are some of those sparkling little moments in their lives where where they really blossomed and why was yeah. that and who were they with and what does it look like? And by doing that, I really get them going on their journaling. So that is the one thing I always tell them to do. And it's not just journaling about where they are right now and their feelings, but it's really about creating, like you said, that detail because mm. the mind is not, I mean, it's, it's sophisticated in a way, but, other, but it needs to be simple because otherwise if it's too vague, if it's too abstract, we tend to go back into the thinking that we are used to thinking, which yes. is often very negative. So if you make it easier for the mind to to go into those new pathways that you are creating in session, then you, so you re- basically write a script for yourself. Okay, right, I like this and this is what I would like to feel. And mm. ooh, what do I want a relationship to be like? Oh, I'd like these attributes yes. in somebody. And this is what I would like to feel like if I'm loved. Mm. Wow. And so all of a sudden it becomes almost like a um, making a film. Yeah. Uh, or a play, but it's their life because yeah. lives because they are their own director of, of their own show. So yeah. it's very creative. Um, but to be creative, you really have to have that piece. So, which is why when I leave somebody uh, or when they, before the next session, they get a, an audio tape and they listen to that every night awesome. with a relaxation and, and reprogramming and guidance and more positive affirmations, really, mm-hmm. uh, with lots of lovely visualizations and beautiful gardens and all that um, to keep their, keep their nervous system low in terms of stress and yes. getting used to uh, accessing that new part of their of their mind where they can sit and think about what do I want mm-hmm. and for creative ideas to come forth and for wisdom to appear, uh, which is impossible when you're stressed. It's, there's mm-hmm. no way you have no access to that part of your brain. Yeah. So, you know, your IQ reduces when you are stressed. It's it's You just simply can't recall the information and the wisdom and the knowledge that you that you do have yeah because you're hijacked Mm -hmm. by your fight flight brain so that bit is very fun for them and they actually come back and say oh I've added a few more things to what I want my ideal partner to that's right I'm gonna I'm gonna really be specific now he needs to be tall she needs to be short yeah I love that and I mean I talk a lot about visualization in my work because it's a practice that I've used for a very long time Um, and when I speak about it I I talk very much about the neurological side because I think with visualization meditation and a lot of these practices there are a lot of people that see it as very woo-woo and spiritual and I'm cool with that, but there is also the neurological and scientific parts of it, which I think is really important to acknowledge. Um, And so as we talk about visualization or imagination, that part of our mind, the reticular activating system that comes alive and is very direction oriented so that when we do visualize something for the future or visualize something that we wish to have in our lives right now, that part is activated. And, and it's, it's only us who attention. can do it. It's yes, only it's, us that can it's, do it. It's this magnificent tool yes. that we could really use yes. in the most amazing way. And yet we use it mainly to catastrophize. Yeah. We use it. It's like a misuse of our imagination. And it's yes. it's a shame. And I actually really think that this should be a really important, it's an important topic to teach kids yes. because 
you know, they are naturally uh, imaginative. Yeah. Um, but with the wrong feed, mm. you can start looking at life as being quite a hostile place. And so if we could actually teach them the power of the mind, the power of or, or your own control of yes. your mind, yes. what you fill yourself up with is what will yeah. be and then you're able to make more informed choices yes. healthier choices yes, absolutely um and and i love you know the the unconscious mind not knowing the difference between what you imagine yes. and, what, and what is real so why not imagine the greatest the most greatest. wonderful yes, things I for yourself um, and so visualization is a, it's a huge part of my yeah. practice and i i use it a lot in my work as well so i think that's awesome mm. um i know a lot of people come to well go to hypnotherapists for many different reasons and i know you said you work a lot with people who might suffer from anxiety or stress and things like that. Um, and I'm curious to know about habits because you, we spoke a lot about the neural pathways and things that people do and not necessarily, as you said, in the juicing, for example, how come they're not necessarily sticking with this? So I'm curious to know about the habit side. Um, what, well, talk to me about it first, but what are some of the tips that you can give others who want to change habits? People who think, look, I want, I really want to stop this, but it feels really ingrained. How can I take charge and do something different? Well, first of all, what happens when you have habits uh, is that you have, it's almost like uh, taking the same route to work every day. It's so it's so easy to do that route. So you can do it almost on autopilot. Mm. You don't have to think. So um, when you want to change something, it's, it's, a, it's a tough journey ahead, first of all, because the route is so ingrained that in order to start creating a new path, mm. it's a fragile beginning. It's a, it's a, it, it's a small voice. Mm. that will say, okay, I'm going to do something different. So the first thing we do is we talk about the the story that we're telling ourselves, right? So the story that we tell ourselves all the time is, I'm not good enough. Um, I, I can't go on that interview because I'm not, I'm not clever. Or I didn't go to university and therefore I can't have. So all of these stories that we bring with us in our backpack of experiences in life have created our identities. This, yeah. this. So, um, so the first thing is to start changing the narrative, changing what we talk, tell ourselves. And that's a very practical thing to do. So as soon mm. as we hear that voice in our mind, when perhaps we tell ourselves, oh, that was a really stupid thing to do, or our typical me, I always do that, mm. that we stop that, that we immediately decide that from this moment, because change is possible in any second of our lives. Yeah. So that we tell ourselves, okay, right, in the past, I may have had that pattern, but now I'm changing. And then we do some nice, um, almost like we have a fallback, uh, uh, something that if you're in school and you need to uh, have something that you can, uh, a cheat sheet, yeah. right? So that you have something very simple, again, something easy for the mind to catch on to. When you say that negative thing, that you, you swap it with a positive. So mm. you'll say... I'm learning to be different day by day. I'm handling this in a much better way now. I'm learning to breathe when I'm anxious. I'm, mm. So you fill your your vocabulary with nice, kind things about yourself. Yeah, you empty out some of the backpack and put Absolutely. it with something put, new in Put there. it something that's often much, much lighter as well. So we yeah. don't, because we carry a lot of guilt and shame and all of this stuff that we just bring with us. And all of our habits are really formed with the lens of whatever we have in that backpack. Yeah. So by getting rid of that, by by emptying that backpack and starting to fill it with more positive and kinder yeah. th thoughts about ourselves, kinder words about ourselves. We're so, I mean, we are really the worst. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't even speak to enemies the way we talk to ourselves, mm. um, the way we push ourselves down, the way we 
give ourselves a hard time when we do something wrong, yes. if we say the wrong thing. I mean, it's it's quite incredible. So yes, so that's changing the dialogue is a is a, a is a really important part of changing a habit. And yeah. then we also have to recognize that habits have been formed over many many years. They have had lots of time to be ingrained, and we have to give ourselves the patience and the kindness to give ourselves time to, to reprogram shift. to shift that belief so that's another thing is to we often get very impatient when we say we're going to uh, form a new habit so well we're going to start going to the gym all of a sudden and then we're really motivated by this because we we're going to do it and then we last maybe two weeks three weeks and and then we don't feel like going anymore mm. and then we don't yeah. and so one of the things is that I say to my clients now is that if you don't feel like something there is um that's not always the voice to listen to so there's something about delayed gratification knowing that something that make us feel good like going to the gym or eating healthier yes. uh, that will eventually help the weight loss or the healthy immune system yes. or the healthy liver for those who drink or the healthy uh, lungs for those who smoke that there is not always that we can't always listen to what it is that we feel like doing yeah. because if we listen to what we feel like doing we wouldn't change anything yeah. right that because that's how we operate we don't like change change is interpreted as a threat in our mind so mm. when we change habits you're going to get some resistance and to be prepared for that yeah. to really be prepared for your mind saying actually i really much rather sit here and, and watch a and film just and out. just chill out and be with my kids so and easier. have something cozy to eat and um so that is to be expected mm. that that you will have some throwback and to do it anyway yeah and i want to unpack something that you said a little bit because you spoke about changing the dialogue and you know you hearing these negative self-talk and internal mm. dialogue and making positive changes. So just going a step before that, obviously there needs to be some self-awareness and noticing first and foremost of that dialogue. How do you get people who are so stressed and anxious and all the things that are going on in their lives, because you spoke about that letting go and that surrender and that peace and simplifying, how do we actually get that very first, you know, peace in place before they actually start changing it, but to actually notice that internal dialogue yeah so that one of the things that that because it's so good with hypnotherapy is that you do have that sense of relaxation mm. that sense of breathing i mean often when people come in they're so anxious that we have to take the first 10 minutes of just doing breathing exercises simply mm. because there is no way that there's going to be any good outcome if they just carry on in that fight flight mode so yes. there may be something that happened in the day and they simply can't uh, connect with you or they can't connect with themselves. Mm. So by simply breathing, calming down and being more present in the here and now, uh, just just sitting there doing breathing exercise. I do it with them so yes. that they can just really emulate me. Yeah. Um, and we tend to do the in-breath uh, and out-breath much and the out-breath is much longer yes. to just calm the central nervous system. So that is often the first thing that happens just so that they land and can get aware of who they even what's going on in their lives yeah. because we can't change anything when we are we don't that, even we don't even know, know. like you yeah. say we don't even know what it is that's not working mm. what we notice is that we start to have i mean a lot of people have panic attacks or they just can't speak in public or they uh, i mean there's all kinds of, of things that people have that stops their lives that reduces their lives so that's often why they come because yeah. 
it's gone that far that there's something in their lives that's not working anymore. Uh, And that has become clear to them. Perhaps they are socially anxious, so they can't go to events and, and they need to do that for their jobs. And all of a sudden that brings them into to me, Mm. so they can stop that. So it's, um, you know, I always say it's it's you start by doing nothing. You start by just and using the breath is so powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful. And that is another thing that we have forgotten to do. Breathe we, intentionally yeah, breathe, and consciously. Yes, yes. And I think it's interesting because a lot of the things that I do, I use personally, but also I work with clients with in, in that noticing or awareness building. Um, alongside breathing, setting the intention. So again, the mind wakes up to today, I'm going to notice all of those negative dialogue, all the negative dialogue that comes through my mind. So I'm able to shift it so that you're just setting the intention to notice something. And that flag goes up. It really does. It's like when we say, you know what, I want to wake up at 7am tomorrow. um, And somehow we just wake up before the alarm because we've set those self, those self hypnotic suggestions. Um, And so the breathing to get into a calm state, the setting the intention and giving those self hypnotic suggestions of noticing and being aware of in the moment helps to just bring that awareness so that people then can go oh I, I just realized that's that's the thing that I said I always do and I just it's such a it's yeah. such a rewarding experience when you notice things for yeah. the first time and you think oh it's so empowering because it then gives you a place to work from as you yeah. said and now I can actually change something because I'm noticing that it's there in the first place yes that's right and one of the things that I tell so um the the bit that I practice which is called solution focused hypnotherapy I mean most hypnotherapy is solution focused most sure therapy solution focus but in particular what we tend to to do is to always notice what's worked yes and when you notice what works you realize how little you notice what works because you're so busy noticing what doesn't work Mm. so you know when they come back for the next session I want to know what has worked and Mm. so in the beginning they will do it because they know I will ask for it so they will almost do it as a school teacher you know I have to yes I have to (laughs) hand this into Bikita but then what happens is they start to realize that by shifting that by actually starting to notice even if it's something small like getting a perfect parking spot when you are late and otherwise it would have been a real disaster uh, it, someone's smiling at you someone just sending you texts when when you have a moment of feeling low mm. all of those little things are all those stuff that we start to notice yes. um because otherwise we tend to say oh yeah 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 but Mm-hmm. The big problem is, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we launch into it again. So that is one of the things that we do. And I don't want to hear about their diary entries. You know, I want to know what, what happened yeah. that worked, that made them feel something. So mm. that resonated with them. Yeah. So if they went out and met some friends, what was it about that that was lovely? Was it, well, I felt that I belonged or I felt mm. included or I felt uh, loved? You know, all of those things. When we start to notice those things in yeah. our lives, then it takes on a totally different hue. Yeah, because then you're then asking, what are some other things? things that you exactly. can add into your life that allows that sense of belonging yeah. or that that feeling loved and all the things that those true values that matter to us yeah absolutely yeah. and it's so it's it is very and and 
it like we talked about before, it starts with little steps. It starts yeah. with steps. And a little step may feel like a little step, but lots of little steps. Create something. It's, yeah. it's, yes, exactly. So that is really, you know, there's no bold, big movements here. There's no quick fixes. There are lots of good little steps that yeah, lead I mean, you. We don't notice until we're there, but yeah. it's not the one slice of chocolate cake that made you no, overweight. It's, it's, the repetitive. it's the repetitive slices of chocolate cake or whatever you fancy. So it's similarly, it's not the one piece that you don't eat yeah. that's going to yeah. all of a sudden you're back to healthy weight. I completely get that. And it's such an important piece to mention because I think, yes, instant gratification is certainly very much the way a lot of people live right now, yeah. especially with the, the pace at which everything is moving, social media media, the world is at a pace in which it's like, I can get it now because mm. this is what I'm seeing in front of me all mm. the time. Um, so that patience piece is really important. Mm. Oh, I love all of this. <laughs> um, Brigitte, what is your definition of healing? Um, well, so I'm, um, I'm somebody who needs a lot of solitude. Uh, so uh, for me, there is nothing more healing than to retreat uh, into a space and that is my home so my home is my healing sanctuary mm. um, and if I feel like the world is too much or something has happened and we all have go through stuff um, that's where I go I go home I put on Bill Evans <laughs> <laughs> and then the world is is good mm. um, and I need to do that I need to recharge I need to um, that's just how I'm how, how I am and and I know that that works for me you know we all have to find our own self-soothing methods um, mm. and um, and that is how I heal and and another thing that I find and that this is another thing I talk to my clients about because often we're looking for things out there mm -hmm. and we're looking to be fulfilled out there and and once that is fulfilling us then we're fine and of course it's not like that it's, we talked about it as an inside job but that inside job comes with so much love for ourselves as in really listening to ourselves of what is it that I need right now yes what is it that I need and not only then hearing that but actually acting on it so yes you may be expected to be somewhere or do something but sometimes the kindest thing to do is to actually really listen and take action on that voice because when you do that's when you build that self-worth mm. because if you hear it and don't listen then all that happens is that you can see that reflected in your life, that yeah. you are not being heard mm. or seen or um, your view is not taken into consideration and it's not important. And that's when we start to feel out of control. We feel like whatever we do, no one pays attention, whatever, whatever. It's So I, I think that that self-love and self-care is so important. Yeah. Uh, and I have noticed that in my times of stress in relationship troubles or even, yeah. um, you know, moving country. I'm Swedish. I lived mm. in the States for many years and coming to, to Britain. You know, all of that represented big changes for me. Mm. And But that sense of listening to what I need and to have that space, personal space, that, that alone space mm. is a way for me to regroup Yeah. And come back fighting. <laughs> so what's interesting, and, I, and I've and i asked the question around healing for, for most of my guests so far, um, and what I'm understanding somewhat in, in what you've shared is that your definition is around going within, mm. going home, mm. accessing that 
um, part of you that is at one and is at peace and, you know, just reconnecting with self. Because it's the disconnection. This is what it is. It's the disconnection from self, I think. Right. Yeah. And then what's what's precious about that for me is that uh, my my definition of healing is really um, going back to that natural state of harmony and bliss that exists within each of mm. us, as opposed to trying to fix something or change something mm. or do something. It's recognizing that you are already whole. You mm. are already he- you are already at that state of vibration healed if you can tap into it. Yeah. And we know that life's curveballs are thrown at us yes and this is what sometimes takes us out of harmony um and so you going back to self and reconnecting with self yeah. and going into that quiet time and then equally creating the external environment to support that re- whether that's listening to your favorite music or really just retreating and going yeah. off into the woods or nature yeah. which i like to i like to do um so i think it's great because i'm hearing um over the time of asking about healing with most people that I've spoken to recently, um, that it's pretty much the same. Mm. We all have, we all have our ways of expressing it, but it fundamentally is that inner knowing of us being perfect as we are, Mm. but let's tap back into that because Mm. we sometimes just come away from that resonance. We do. And, and I think we, we doubt it as well. We don't think it's good. The, 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 the sadness is that when we feel, because we feel whole when we are mm. in that moment, we feel whole and we feel good enough. Yes. But going out into the world, we feel uh, that that's not good enough or it's not enough. Mm-hmm. There's something else that we need. So it's it's listening to that and actually you know, really connecting with it and feeling like it is good. You know, I am good enough. I am yeah. good enough just the way I am without doing a single thing, just yes. by being. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Mm. I love that. And you've been traveling a lot, as you said. I, I do know that you're Swedish, but I mm. didn't know that you lived in America. Yes. So you've traveled around, similar to me in that I've, I've been in the UK for, for 23 years pretty soon and originally born in the Caribbean, Trinidad and Barbados, but I lived in the States for my formative years. So I've moved around a lot. Um, and, it, you know, I know there is something, it's not always easy, but I think what I've taken away from that, which for me, I, I, I see and witness in others, is that adaptability to change to diff- different environments, different circumstances, which I think has served me quite well in life. Um, so tell me a little bit about your move and what brought you to the UK, what, you know, what got you moving around from Sweden to the States and now here? Well, I, um, I met, I traveled a lot when I was younger and I met some Americans Okay. In Mykonos, <laughs> in Greece, on a Greek island, met a bunch of Americans and they invited us over. And I came to California and nice. saw just the sun and the, I'm from Sweden, it's cold, yeah. right? So I just wanted warm. <laughs> and I moved there and it was at the time, it was in the 80s and it was at the time where everything was about growth and meditation and spirituality Mm. and all of that and I just lapped it up I loved it I had wonderful friends we Mm. went to different places every night listened to different speakers Um, I read loads I all of these lovely books which are called self-help I hate that word but it's you know it is self-development self-development side yes (laughs) Um, and so it made a huge impact on me uh, Mm. because it was it felt so right um and it humbled me, I think. I think it humbled me coming from Sweden. You know, when, when everywhere you have grown up, you 
you're sort of sure of the world, you're sure of you, you're sure of your place in the in society. And so by changing and going somewhere else, I think you you made me more humble, I think. It made me more humble. I realized that there were other situations, other people's lives. There was there was different, different ways of doing everything. things, right? Yeah. So so that really worked. And then I fell in love and moved to the UK and as lovely as it was to be in love, coming to the UK, this was very early 90s, mm. uh, having had all that openness and growth and people interested in the growth and openness, end up in Twickenham, funnily enough. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, I thought I had died and gone to hell. It really was that bad. It felt like I, parts of me just shut down. Mm. It was really traumatic for me. There was no one interested in any sort of meaningful dialogue. Right. There was nothing like that. So I had to work really hard to find my tribe, uh, which we all have to, right? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was, there were was some years there that I really felt that, that I felt lonely and I felt mm. other, yes. just foreign. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was, um, th those were tough years actually, but, uh, now it's completely changed. I mean, this yeah. is, everything has opened up here. There's, there's a much more of an open dialogue about. And how did you overcome that? Because you didn't wait for the change to happen. No, in, I didn't. In, around you. So how did you, what are the things that you did to overcome that other feeling? I think feeling? that was to never give up trying to find people with whom you connect so that was for me like a lifeline to find people that you connected with mm. on the level that had nothing to do with what they did and what I did it was just human to human yeah so I uh, for me that's still to this day that is what I need uh, that meaningfulness is actually more central I think now I think that we have so much interaction and we have so many things happening in our lives that I, I really, I really long for those conversations. And I think this is lovely, right? Yes. So it's all this. these conversations that actually mean something that mm. has depth to it and that um, makes you think and yes. learn and, and share and be vulnerable and be honest and all of that, mm. which I think is wonderful. I think I absolutely agree. This is what I love about these conversations that we have. And, and, and for me, the whole brand of Soulful Sound is that you are coming from that place of authenticity and depth and the surface stuff is okay to a point because it's sometimes the way in. But I, I have to admit, I have very little patience with those conversations that stay on the surface. Mm. Um, and, you know, anyone that knows me will will say that you, I just go straight, straight in. I don't, I don't waste time. I'm like, okay, now we know how the weather is and we know, <laughs> we know that you've got kids and I've got kids. I want to know the real stuff. Yeah, I want to know what is being a mother like for you? What is, you know, I I just I just like you, that connection and going deeper is so important because I think if we stay on the surface for, for too long, there's so much that we miss. Yeah. Um and that deep connection and deep connection of souls and energy and people coming together, if we're not in a place where we um can find that connection, you know, it's it's really important to have it. And like you, when I first moved here, it was very much of a culture shock. The weather was different. I came from warm, yes. not hot and not cold. And, you know, it was very different. But what I, I'm very, very fortunate and I'm so grateful to have uh, a family, my, my brothers, my mother, my father, my partner, who are all about the depth and the conversations yeah. like this. And so... I, I never really yearned so much for it outside because I always had something that allowed that out, had that outlet. However, 
all of my friends and the people that are in my my circle of influence and around me know me well enough because this is the energy that I put out there. We're going to go the mile. I'm not going to just, you know, start at the gate. We're going to go the mile. So if you're coming into my space, expect it. And I think when you give that when you give out that energy and you give out that that frequency, it's met. Yeah. You know, so I think for for someone like you who you were in that frequency and you were like ready and rearing, but it wasn't being fed back to you at the time, partly because it's what you were resonant, you were fre- your frequency and, and the resonance was, was perfectly aligned with a different environment is I think for me, the thing that I would encourage one to do in a situation like that is to, as you did, stay in that frequency. Don't adapt and, and change to suit what's going on on the outside. Recognize that the, the lighter you and the brighter you shine your light then you're going to attract the people who mm. are there to have those conversations with. Yes. Um, and often be the inspiration for others who want to, but but don't always. Yeah. And I find that actually with my clinic now that a lot of people come there because they don't talk to people. Mm. They don't share or connect on that level. Yeah. And to the point where they go and speak to a therapist because yes. they need to connect. We all have that need to connect, really. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's, I feel really fortunate that I can sit there and actually hear them mm. and, and really be present with what's going on in their lives and give them that sense of time mm-hmm. and sense of, of really listening to what, what is going on. Because I do, st- I mean, I think it's changing, but I still think that the not going very deep is still sort of a little bit of a cultural, uh, it's quite a bit of, of a, 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 what do you call it? Um, it's encouraged not to share too much. Mm. It's almost seen yeah. as a bit pathetic if you if you give too much away. So I think it is changing. And I think, you, like you say, you've got to keep doing you. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep doing you in all situations. Sometimes it will go well. Other times you'll just have to say, okay, that was not my tribe, yeah, right? But exactly. uh, you've got to keep at it. Yeah, and I think this is this is what I say often even in the performance world. When I work with songwriters and artists who are out there performing and doing their thing, I was like, you absolutely want to do you. You absolutely want to bring your creative spirit into the work because not only will you be authentic and start to attract the people that are there to come and pay and listen to you in concert, but you're also going to weed out the ones who aren't. And that is exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Not Not... Not, I'm not saying that the music industry is supportive of that because I know that there are some, realistically, there are some barriers and things that people have to go through when they're signed to a label. But the people that I work with, it's all about that authenticity. And yeah. what is it that you are here to express and bring to the world? So it goes across all fields and all, all people so that we're not bending and, and shaping ourselves to the mold outside of us, but instead breaking that out and recognizing their needs not need not be this mold that we are able to to spread ourselves as wide and far yeah. as we like in the way that we like um, because as energy beings we're all connected anyway we're all connected anyway yeah. and to shine your light I mean this is not the time to play small anyway no. so I say that you know do you do your whatever it is that makes you you yeah. and take it out and do it yeah so um yeah I love that. Mm. It's not an easy feat, but it's we, not easy. We're working. We're working, we're working <laughs> towards it we're time. <laughs> for ourselves and and for others yes. for sure. So, what are your sources of inspiration? What do you? What really inspires you right now? Well, I um, I mean, I read a lot, so I read a lot of uh, development books and and. Um, 
Yeah, so Eckhart Tolle, I love Oprah, I mm. love, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess a lot of these thinkers are Americans, because the, I think the stage has been set more there, and it's more, but, but I, but, but I love reading about ways of thinking and new thinking and old thinking. And mm. uh, so I read very little fiction. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and I sometimes think I should, you know, just take a break from it but I just I'm drawn back to it mm. um and um what else inspires me my children that nice. sounds really yeah so my children really inspires oh, me that's awesome. because it's you know you have that like you were saying that in your family you had that depth mm. and that's what when you create that with your in your family mm. that is like a lovely thing to always you know they know and have you once you've had it it's very difficult not to have it yes um yeah. so yes so they inspire me they inspire me the fact that they are they already know that that's important they don't really know why yeah. but they just know that some people they click with and others they don't and they don't understand why but they do know that they don't want to be around mm. where there isn't any connection so I know that they can sense that and I, I think that's lovely that yeah. is lovely. I mean, literally this morning in the kitchen, I had a conversation with my 15-year-old son and I was I was just saying to him how proud I am that he takes responsibility for his energy and takes responsibility for his environment without necessarily understanding why either. I said, it's not something that I told him, do this, don't do this. Mm. It's just something that was innate to him. So he's an aspiring footballer. And in his experience, he's had people around him who are, oh yeah, you know what? You'll never make it. Everyone wants to be a footballer and there's their neighbor you'll never make it it's just only the the, the select few do um, and he consciously took himself out of situations where people would say that to him because mm. as far as he's concerned whether he becomes a footballer or not at the end of the day is the secondary to what the point I'm making which is I, you're not going to tell me that I can't do something yeah only I can say that. And yeah. I am not saying that to myself. Yeah. So I refuse to listen to it from you. Yeah. So I will take myself out of this environment that is not serving me. And I will stay around the people who are doing the things that I want to do, improve on, be better at, etc. And I think that's phenomenal when we can see these things reflected in our kids. That's fantastic. Because not everybody has the VIP pass to no. our insights. No. We have to mind that. We have yes. to mind our dreams. Our dreams are fertile soil and not everybody can just go in there and start digging around. We have to have that resilience to walk away and know that, no, I'm not sharing this. I'm not letting you influence me. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's lovely. Brilliant. Lovely being a mother, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is lovely. It is lovely. Yeah. And so you spoke about self-care before, the things that you do in terms of retreating and going in and things like that. So what are the, some of the self-care tips that you would recommend? I mean, maybe for your clients or people in general. I know we all have our our unique way of doing this. There's no cookie cutter approach. But what are some of the things that you do that you think, yeah, that would be a really good thing to implement? I think so. I think for anybody is to do some sort of either mindfulness or meditation practice. Mm. It's, again, it's that thing of getting still. For some, it's a step too far. They might listen to my recording every night. Mm. And for them, that is as much woo as yes, they want, as they want. <laughs> yes. but um i would say that that makes a huge difference i mean a huge huge difference and and in that there is a discipline of self-care so mm. uh self-care is not just what i feel like doing at any moment it's it's knowing that this is this does me well this does me good and doing it even though some days you don't feel like it so i think that is 
something to remember is that it's the, again it's day by day step by step you do something that heals you that makes you feel good so I do a lot of journaling mm. and um so that and another and I do the gratefulness thing what I'm grateful for yeah, gratitude so uh, yes it's yeah. very important and I do a lot of visualizations in mm. terms of where I'm ending up yes. right so in my world I will not stay in Isheen yes <laughs> I'm moving out of of Sheen, people. (laughs) I love it. So, no, so that is an ongoing thing. You do Mm. it... yeah, I think you do it for the re- I will do it for the rest of my lives. Your life. I think what's really special about what you've just said is that sometimes we need to focus on the needs, not mm. the wants. Mm. And self-care tends to be, okay, I'm going to go get myself a massage because I yeah. love it. Or I'm just going to go and chill in the spa. And I think those things are important too, yeah. if that's what you want. But sometimes what is really needed to look after yourself, that really deep self-care isn't something that you want to do. But you know that in doing things that are not necessarily what you want, but are going to benefit you as we say whether it's tomorrow or in the long run or whatever those one step at a time approach that is so fundamental and so important and I think that piece goes unnoticed and missed quite a lot so it's I think it's great that you've highlighted that that it's not just about the things that feel good and feel like I want to do this that's self-care self-care goes deeper than that especially the type of work we do where we do see clients one-on-one we do see people coming in with a lot of stress anxiety and all the other things that life brings, um, it's really important for us to ground ourselves and have a practice where we are able to, you know, release those things. Um, And some of those practices is not something that I would say, oh, I really love doing this particular thing every day, but we do them knowing that they're going to serve us. And they're going to then, and obviously reflect and serve our clients. Yeah. So I think that's a really important um, distinction to make that self care isn't always what you want, but what you need. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That, absolutely, and and I think that in in a way that is the the, the theme is the is the pampering, yeah, uh, which is lovely, of course. Of course Who doesn't like is. a pampering yes, spa day, we right? Deserve that too, of course. <laughs> but it's uh, it, I think it can go a lot deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. I yeah. love that. That's amazing. Uh, what sound do you love? Uh, well, I I mean I I as you know I love singing. You have such a beautiful <laughs> uh, voice. And uh, but I am a huge jazz lover, oh, to the point was. that I I actually need it. I need it. It it sort of brings everything back to uh, what do you call it? Well, you know, back to zero. You know, you you reset. Reset it, right? exactly. It's yeah. a reset for me. So when I so Bill Evans is a current favorite. I love it. Oscar mm. Peterson. All of those oh, lovely, nice. wonderful. Uh, uh, improvised sounds mm. uh, are amazing for me. So that is my sound, really. Sound, jazz, and my kids sometimes love. say, "Oh my god, not, not more, more. Bill Evans." <laughs> Bill Evans, if you're listening out there, you have a super. He fan. doesn't. He's not anymore. He's not with us. But it's <laughs> somewhere in the ether. But yeah, oh, no, they. Uh, yeah, but you know, I know that for them, because it, it's a, it's, it's a. It's a gentle healing. It's just, and they can feel that mummy is good. And mm. in that, I, yeah. I have a really warm uh, warmth because uh, when you talk about jazz, the association for me is my youth because I grew up with my dad's jazz records and Calypso and jazz. Oh, and, lovely. And I mean, you know, I this is Billie Holiday on my wall. Yes. I love, love, love jazz. And while I'm not a jazz singer, when I did my master's years ago, I worked with a wonderful jazz teacher um, who taught me so much. And I did that because I wanted to stretch myself as a vocalist. And like, I'm not a jazz singer but I love jazz tell me something teach me how to scat it was so much fun but jazz 
does is just that association is just so beautiful yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, when I hear it, I just think, oh, the warm, the, the times of being on my dad's lap at, at six years old and listening to music with him. Such a beautiful experience. So oh, the sound of jazz. Oh, yes, we love it. We right. love it. Life, the jazz, jazz is the uh, is the uh, underlying uh, yeah, theme right that's now. That's the uh, soundtrack. To I, my need to, life. I need to put some jazz in the background, I think. Oh, I am so honored that you have come and spent some time with me today. Honestly, Brigitte, it's such a joy to see you again. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, and to also witness the journey uh, that you have, you know, been on from the juicing into hypnotherapy and just your wanting to really transform lives. Yeah. And, I, and I really want to commend you on that because I think it's so important, the work you're doing, and we need more people like you doing oh, the things yes. that you're doing. So I salute you and I really celebrate all that you are oh, and then the journey you that so you're much, on Simone. thank you for having me it's been my, amazing yeah. my, my absolute pleasure yeah. i do have um just just letting everyone know if you want to know more about brigitte and her work you can check her out find her on her website at brigitteron.com and you can also um connect with her on instagram at brigitte hypnotherapy so find her where you need to i will also have the links as always uh, with this podcast um and of course, I do have a final question for you. I want to know what is your soulful sound to the world, a self prayer or desire that you wish upon the world? Oh, can I be really sort of, I mean, I, I really, for me, that we listen to, that we listen and are present with our children. Can that yes. be my, that is my, I am so really feel so strongly about the fact that we listen to mm. and and that we are there with not just physically but that we are with in in the here and now with them mm. if we could do that with every child because as a mother you're mother to everyone right like yes. you're not just a mother to your own kids you're, you're mother to the world and uh, so I think that that is the one thing that I noticed that we're missing we're not being heard so or valued and be present yeah be that. present with with your children yeah. And I would take it um, to the, the step of also being present with your inner child. Yeah, absolutely. To that child. is part. I think, yes. I think that's inner so child. beautiful. Yes, it is. And the thing is, when you look at when you think about your inner child, I always see my daughter. And so yeah, I know that you link beautiful. there's that link the, the two. So it's yes, mm. definitely. That is beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you again for your time, your presence, your love. And I can't wait to see what's next on your journey. Thank I'll you have so to invite much. you back in a year and we'll hear about the next stage <laughs> yes. and the steps that you've taken. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing and sound wherever you are.